This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. What's up, everybody? Wow. Yo, what's going on? Hello. I'm very excited for this week's episode because last week's episode reinvigorated my love of podcasting. Did it? No. No, it's always stayed like pretty constant, but... Last week was just a really good episode, though. Yeah, and we got a lot of great feedback from the episode, and we got a lot of listens, which is always humbling. Always makes uh, you feel good. But I'd like to think it was because people were interested in the topic and not just, oh, we have listeners. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, people... No, We got totally. a lot of like, new listeners, which was really cool. People are passionate about being environmentally friendly, yeah. and obviously people are passionate about craft beer, so... The two go kind of hand in hand. Yeah. And it also didn't hurt that we have Rob from Eco-Friendly Drinker and Mass Brew Bros to help boost it a little bit. Yeah. I mean, whatever, I guess. (laughs) Eco-Friendly Beer Drinker. Drinker. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Give him a follow. Check out his stuff. He's doing a whole year of not like drinking from cans and being. I think he said no beer uh, beer waste. Yes. Yeah, um, he, tra- consumer he's to be he has a way to say it yeah. that's better than yeah. Listen to last week's episode, it. yeah, <laughs> episode one hundred and three. Yeah, and check uh, it out. It's funny. I was trying to practice what Rob preaches. I was out at Old Planters on Friday, and I went to Channel Marker, and I said, "I'm going to buy a growler tonight." I purposely wanted to buy a growler. Nice. Um, and I got one at Old Planter, and cool. Good for you. I know, and I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be doing this all the time," and then. Lo and behold, tonight here we are having cans again. We have cans. <laughs> it's very hard. It I, is. And it's I, I give Rob a lot of credit to for be, sure. As it, he is so involved in the beer community, and to be able to continuously do that, it's awesome. Yeah. No. I mean, it was a great episode. Um, you know, it got a lot of insight, but also it was just really fun talking shop with them. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. So we're definitely going to be doing more stuff with them in the future. Yeah. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Both Rob and Bob from Mass Brew Bros. And then obviously Rob. But this week, Matt. What else we got going on? Who do we got? So. Well, who do we got? Yeah. Who we we got our trip up to Stowe, Vermont. And as you know, for our 100th episode, we interviewed Alchemist. And if you haven't what, what? heard that episode, it's award winning. It's amazing. Check you it, should check it out. You should listen to it. Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah. Bo- Pretty yeah, much. Yeah. We're there. We already won. A, <laughs> we won an Academy Award, an Oscar, and a Razzie for yeah. that one. Sure, that one. sure. They, pretty they, amazing. They do that. Yeah, it was crazy. Only podcast to win an Oscar. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no, no. But seriously, we went up there to interview not just Alchemist, but we went up to Stowe to interview a lot of great breweries that were up there. They'll be sprinkled throughout the next few months. And we made the conscious decision to stop at this place because. I'm actually, I was actually a big fan of their cider before, well, there you go, cider, um, before. Uh, <laughs> so good. Before. The interview. The interview. Yeah, yeah. And um, when we solidified the interview, I was, I was so pumped. And I was a little bummed because I had drank so much <laughs> during the day and I got sick. You were not feeling great. I was by, not feeling good. Yeah, but you had a really good non-alcoholic one. Yes. Is that it was? Yeah. And it's it was so good. Yeah. Um, and they're doing amazing seltzers, ciders, yes. like I said, the non-alcoholic drink. Um, cause it's a big thing about, you don't need all that sugar. Yeah. Like it, you just don't. And so he uses a lot less sugar in his ciders and his drinks in general. You'll hear a lot more about it in the episode, but, um, it was an awesome time. Yeah. And we're drinking actually one of their, their seltzers. We are having a Stowe cider seltzer. So the classic. Cider seltzer. It's a yeah. seltzer. The classic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, it's done. And the, the fans out there know that I'm such a huge seltzer guy. Seltzer boy. Um, you call me Seltzy boy. I I may have. Yeah, they, yeah. Um, but this is like <laughs> a very really good, easily. I hate the word crushable, but crushable beverage. I would agree with that. Yeah, I mean, there there's actually a lot of flavor going on in there. Um, it tastes simple, but if you really really think about it and take the time to listen to it. Um, and yes, I'm listening to a seltzer. Um, it, there's a, there's a lot going on, yeah. and it, it's super tasty, and it's I would say like refreshing and uh, quenching, as uh, John said, you know, with his um, IPAs from Alchemist, like yeah. they're quenching, you know, like I I know if I drink this, I am not going to wake up with a hangover. Yeah, those things. The, the the thing I have with with seltzers, and I think a lot of people say the same thing, is seltzers are sneaky. Like oh, they, they, they are. They are we did do that seltzer yeah. mania. No, uh, so that's not to mean that you won't wake up with a hangover. Maybe you won't, Ryan. But I definitely think I it's have. Possible. I, it's definitely possible. Um, but what else is going on this week? We got some pink boot stuff. That's right. March eighth is coming up. National Women's yeah, Day. Yeah, which is super exciting. It's been so cool because we follow Boston Pink Boots and we follow National Pink Boots. Yeah, and actually, I started following Maine Maine Pink Boots yes. on my yep. my um, personal page. And just been blowing up with brew days. Yeah, it's, it's super so exciting cool. to see everywhere. And I'm like, like Widowmaker. I saw that. Yeah, um, that yeah. Today. they did theirs today, and I'm so excited to not only just go to these breweries for the pink boot release dates because those parties are awesome. They like any time that a brewery does a pink boots beer drop, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun, and you're supporting pink boots, obviously. Yeah, and Women typically and it's a dollar from every. Sale. From every sale yeah. of the beer. Yeah. Yep. Which, Which is, is a lot. It adds up and it goes directly to Boston's chapter. And I believe a little bit goes to national as well to help us fund our scholarships yeah. and events. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. We really appreciate you guys going to those. Um, and then this month too, we have a couple scholarships. So if you're in pink boots, definitely check them out. We have the breeze malt ingredients, melt and brew workshop. That will be happening. And then there's a Cicerone one as well. So check those out on Pink Boots' website. Apply. Yeah. Apply, apply, apply. Yeah, what Ryan just said. Yeah, you can't, <laughs> yeah. You can't win it if you don't apply. Exactly. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when I was in uh, high school. And when scholarships are going around, it was like, hey, just apply, apply, apply. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> apply, apply, apply. That was it. Um, yeah, so hi- definitely high schoolers it. that listen to Brewers, just apply. Yeah. No, it, it's, it, it's the concept. It's the concept. Hopefully no high schoolers listen. But yeah, definitely apply to the scholarships. Uh, and definitely. look out for the Pink Brew Days. Yeah, I mean, and the one the I'm really looking forward to is Sylvaticus. I bet. I cannot <laughs> wait for that. Everyone's doing some crazy stuff. I know um, Oh, Bright Ideas just did theirs. I'm doing a yep. Saison, yep. so not an IPA. Which yep. is crazy. Awesome. Yeah, no, I love it when that. they don't do IPAs because the blend is kind of not... made for IPAs, I feel yeah. like. So it's cool when people yeah. change it up and do something different. Yeah, Sylvaticus will also not be an IPA. I don't know if they released what they're going to do, but I know it's not yeah. an IPA. Ryan has the sources at Sylvaticus. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're like a regular there now. I am a regular there now. Hey, yeah. by the way. You know, I'm going to do a plug. Sylvaticus plug. Here we go. Oh, jeez. <laughs> you can get a boot now, which oh, yeah, is basically like that. two liters of beer. If you guys um, like drinking from boots. Yeah, it's. I think it's, uh, you can do their why not, which is their uh, boat lager. 
Uh, you can do their quintessential uh, Pilsner, or you can do one of their hop lagers. And how long did it take you to drink that beer, Ron? Oh, it took me a while. Yeah. It was like an hour. <laughs> it was probably an it's hour. It's cool, but it God, take way yeah, too long it, to, to me, drink it was that. just, yeah. But it, no, not, no, there's nothing negative about it. It's great. <laughs> At the, do at it the for end, the gram. You, <laughs> halfway through, maybe you're like, oh, why did I do this? And then like at the end of it, you're like, That's this why is I did a it. great idea. <laughs> this is why I did it. Yeah. All right. So upcoming in a couple of weeks is our uh, Massachusetts Beer Week. Hell yeah. 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 Uh, March, what? I think it's the 7th or 13th? Yes. Yeah. Whatever that week is. And there's a lot of cool events happening. And um, actually, Keep I guess out for that. Yeah, I guess our guest next week, I will announce it right now, is Barrel Hose C. Yeah, Barrel House um, And they're doing an awesome homebrewers event. So Homebrewers competition. Yeah, so if yep. you are a homebrewer, I think by this time the, the submissions are over. By this time, submissions are already yeah. over. But if you submitted, you know, hopefully you win. And it's pretty cool. They're having an yeah. event there anyway, so just go out down and check out the event. And the best part about the event is if your homebrew wins... You actually get to be on rotation at Barrel House Z. Yeah, you get to have your beer brewed there, which, which is yeah, which is fun, which is cool, and maybe a catalyst to someone's career. You never know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, think about like being able to have a beer brewed commercially. You know, as a home brewer, that's awesome. Speaking <laughs> of beer weeks, um, there was a really cool beer week that happened. Matt and I. Uh, oh, Portsmouth beer yeah, week. Yeah, Portsmouth beer week was a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of great beers all over. Uh, it. Yeah, Portsmouth I, I, is like a heavy. <laughs> In my opinion, uh, if you are making your way up to Portland, stop at Portsmouth first. Oh, 100%. And then after that, go right to Kittery and go to Tributary. Yep. Um, because that southern seacoast New Hampshire beer scene is really... It's not bad. It's, it's, I mean, it's okay. Oh, Erica, you're the worst. <laughs> wow. You are actually... I was about, I was about to just do a, like, a, a liar's bench plug right here, and mm. I was going to say that like the rice lagers in the... Or I should say the rice beers over at Liar's mm. Bench was great. Yeah. Um, like mm. best rice beer I've ever had. Yeah. Why? Was yeah. there rice in the beer? No. no I didn't see any. <laughs> Anyways. Portsmouth Beer Week was awesome. We got yep. to go and check out some cool breweries. Um, but we have an awesome cider house lined up for you. Exactly. And, and literally buckle up because it goes quick. Because <laughs> This thing was next level. Yeah. 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 We like went through everything and then we're like, oh my God. I don't know if I have any more questions, and that only took like thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah, it was quick. It was quick. It was insane. He like knew his shit and just like rapid fire. Yeah, it was awesome. It great was. Guy. It was a great way to end the the evening because I was feeling pretty rough by the end of the day. So, uh, without further ado, here's a word from our awesome sponsors. And until next week, cheers. cheers. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to ShirtsOnTap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts.
You looking to get into some new hobby? Oh yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. All right, so the three seconds is over, and that's the longest I've lasted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was gross. It's our last episode, <laughs> yeah. last interview of the day, as you can tell, we are yeah, ready no. to go. We're actually, <laughs> I'm 100% sober, yeah. which is amazing for all that the amazing. hasn't happened to me often, like too many times before. Yeah. When we've done so many interviews, so. The secret to staying sober and doing four Brewers interviews is stay hydrated. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> all right. <laughs> No, 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 but seriously, uh, we are here at uh, Stow Cider, and I always love when we don't interview breweries, because I feel it's like I learn... It's such a fun change-up. Yeah, because I feel yeah. like I learn a More. lot. Not that I, don't, I know everything about beer. I don't. I know nothing <laughs> about beer, but I know less than nothing about cider, meats, kombucha. Yeah. So I'm always excited to learn a little bit of the history uh, of, of cider. But before we get into that... Um, you know, tell us, you know, Mark, what uh, so your your role with Stow Cider and your first memory of cider or an alcoholic or beverage, beer. beer, yeah, whatever you yeah. prefer, I guess. <laughs> um, well, yeah, Stow Cider has been around for going on seven years here in 2020, oh which is nice. pretty pretty exciting. So lots cool. of good memories have been made. Um, but you know, first memory going back, I guess, alcohol related would be uh, my mom always drank Coors Light on the rocks. On the rocks. rocks, which you know, Love as it. if Coors Light wasn't watery <laughs> enough. But she said that was she the only literally way to took stay. like the rocks, uh, the Rocky Mountains, literally. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> How else do you stay hydrated all day? Yeah, yeah. You know, exactly. Unless you're putting ice in your light beer. Yeah. So. Right. right. Yeah. So that's your first memory. That's, that's my good. first memory, that's yeah. Uh, what about cider? What's your first memory of cider? Uh, so my first memory of cider was actually not very good, um, you know, <laughs> and that would be having one of my friend's uh, homemade batches, um, which I think was actually a little bit more like vinegar. Ooh, yeah, um, yep. Yep, and, that happens. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and so that was a, a little bit of a, a turnoff, unfortunately, at, at an early <laughs> point. But, um, yeah, it was... Unfortunately, I was, was never very good at making beer. So, you know, I thought I'd try it with other different fermentations. Yeah. And, uh, you know, cider actually turned out pretty well for me. So cool. your <laughs> passion for brewing cider didn't come out of, like, a celiac disease or a gluten intolerance? It was just more or less... It, I sucked at making beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so your role here at so, Cider? Yeah, so I'm wearing pretty much uh, all the hats still. You know, we're up to 14 employees now, but, you know, nice. being owner, you're kind of responsible for, for everything day in, day out. But I'm the head cider maker as well, so I develop all the recipes and, you know, sign off on all the uh, batches of cider that go out the door. Mm-hmm. Awesome. At what point in your early cider career did you feel like you had a product that didn't suck? You know, you said... Uh, yeah, so, you know, it actually, fortunately, it turned out uh, pretty early on. Um, you know, I think we captured the market early by doing drier ciders. You know, that's mm-hmm. what we focus yep. on. And, yep. um, you know, I think there were so many people who just didn't understand cider. So we, we kind of took it upon ourselves to educate the consumer uh, early on and just had to realize that you don't take no for an answer. You're going to try it whether you like it or not. <laughs> and, um, you know, that we've kind of carried that through and just, hey, all you got to do is take a sip. You're not going to hurt yeah. any feelings if you don't like it, but just try it. And uh, that seems yeah. to work for us. Cool. 
Nice. Uh, what was your um, original plan? Like, I'm sure you didn't grow up thinking you're going to make cider for the rest of your life. No, but. you know, I actually graduated uh, CU Boulder out in Colorado. Oh, go, awesome. go Buffs. Um, <laughs> as in uh, Spanish and business. And so I was out there, uh, helped start up a Spanish school and uh, did quite a bit of traveling around uh, Central and South America. Started a, a English school down there and, and moved cool. back back to Vermont uh, with the intention of, of teaching Spanish. And it it seems like there's way too many people speaking French to, yeah. to, to get a <laughs> Spanish program going, right? So <laughs> a little early for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, when did cider become less of like a hobby and then a career, I guess? Yeah, I mean, it was it was on the move. So my wife and I moved um, back east um, and, you know, saw, you know, kind of a, a niche here and, and um, wanted to make some cider. And so I hooked up with a friend, um, you know, uh, and started making cider. Yeah, it was... When people started buying it, we realized it was you know time to go all in. Yeah. And were you homebrewing the cider then before that, or? Yeah, I mean, I was making it in the garage. You yeah. know, we technically yeah. we just call it cider making. There's no brewing oh, in the yeah, process. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, you're right, you're right. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. we, we get the, them cider beers. We're not making any <laughs> no. cider beers here. Yeah. Um, awesome. Did you find yourself like at any point like discouraged from doing? this business was it something that you said you know i think the first time i went to buy a real stainless tank yeah, yeah it, <laughs> it cost how much it was like exactly <laughs> it's like okay yeah things get real uh very fast when you realize how much the equipment costs um and so you got to have some confidence and some cojones really to, yeah. to move forward in this industry yeah. um or be loaded and, and we didn't have that <laughs> yeah. so uh we, we were perfectly good at getting loaded we just weren't yeah. uh, loaded we didn't <laughs> have loaded pockets, loaded pockets. yeah why why dry cider? Why did you go in that avenue? Was it when sweet you, cider is like, like so popular I feel at like. that time? Probably yeah, yeah. Angry it, it was definitely a niche uh, for sure. But also, you know, we didn't enjoy waking up feeling like shit the next day. Yeah. You know, you can just feel the sugar. Yeah. You can just feel the sugar in your mouth, and and it definitely contributes to the hangover. And it's for sure. There's this whole idea of like you know, if the yeast is still hungry, it's just going to make more alcohol and take away the sugar. And who doesn't want more alcohol <laughs> instead of more and sugar? Right, right, so right. it seems right. seems pretty natural. So how long does a typical batch take for the whole fermentation process to complete? Yeah. So I mean, if we want to hustle, you know, some of our um, you know drier ciders like our high and dry, which is our flagship, we can turn around in about two and a half weeks. Uh, we prefer it young. It's nice and tart and crisp uh, and very light. Um, and it keeps that sharp bite, you know, more of that green apple profile mm -hmm. to your red delicious profile, if you will. So, you know, that's the that's what we've gone for and what our consumers seems to really enjoy. So we serve it uh, pretty young. So typically two and a half to three weeks for the apple varietals and then anything dry hopped or co-fermented with fruit, maybe three to four weeks. Hmm. Yeah, it's a long time. Have you considered thinking about, I know like the Kavike yeast strain has been like taking off in the brewing scene Um do you have something similar that you would use for a cider that we brew at a high temperature or I don't know, ferment or ferment faster? I don't know. Yeah. So, so you, the idea you can ferment faster, but you lose the fruity, what they call esters okay. of the in profile. Okay. So we like to go um, closer to the maceration, you know, fermentation underneath 70 degrees, okay. um, which, you know, maintains more of the fruit profile. Mm. Gotcha. Gotcha. How much of the history of cider do you, do you know? I know enough to know that Johnny Appleseed was full of shit. Yes. Ryan, put a marker right there. We yep. need that for audio. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, he was, you know, running around doing all sorts of naughty things. Yes. But one of those things was uh, planting uh, cider trees, not yeah. necessarily for eating, but for making hard cider. 
Um, and you know, that's about our constitution, I think was written, uh, or wrote, uh, whatever the, the, they were definitely cider drunk. There, but, uh, they were drunk. They were cider drunk. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. So we know that our forefathers were cider, cider, cider drunk, drunk. Yep. um, which weirdly sounds like a better alternative to what we have for now. I'm intrigued because I think, um, I think cider as a whole is, is taking off, um, but you guys are doing something that's taking off really fast right now, and it's it's a exciting, and I think a lot of beer purists think it's utter bullshit. Uh, I I like it actually. Uh, hard seltzer. You guys are dabbling in that. We are dabbling in that. It fits very well into our profile and what we're already doing. And so you know, I've I explained it to some people, and it's really hard to market this way. But if you take our high and dry, which is 200 calories for 16 ounces at 6.5% alcohol. If we were to make that beverage at 5% alcohol and serve it in a 12-ounce can, it would be 100 calories. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing right now is already that, quote, lower-calorie beverage with less sugar, less of the bullshit. Um, Pardon my language. (laughs) No, it's all good. um, But so (laughs) we've already been doing that. We just have never marketed that way. You know, we use, you know, locally sourced fruits, um, you know, sustainable practices and things of that nature. And that's always been kind of our MO. But there is definitely a draw towards the lower calorie and and something, um, I guess, labeled appropriately and and accordingly for those people who really care about that. Um, And so it fits in very well. Our seltzer is fruit-based fermentation, um, 100% real fruit, 100 calories, 5% alcohol. doesn't have that nasty uh, aftertaste that you get from some of those hard seltzers that are mostly just sugar beer, yeah. you know, essentially they call them. And, and so, you know, we're, we're using real ingredients, and it makes a nice, crisp, clean finish, um, something that you're not going to get in the mass market. Is that something that you're seeing your sales 50-50, 25-75? What's... You know, what's the number? Uh, so, you know, we launched this uh, Christmas Eve, actually, here in the tap room. Oh, recently. Uh, yeah, so very nice. recently. Um, you know, we're right now doing, you know, roughly about 50 barrels a week of, of seltzer, which is about all the capacity we have uh, to, to fit in. Nice. Um, kind of in between our cider batches right now. Um, and so it's taken off really well. And in the tap room, it's, it's definitely 50-50, if not maybe 60-40 seltzer over cider. Really? Uh, and most people don't even know we make seltzer. So that's just coming in. We, we have 21 draft lines. Uh, four of which are seltzers, 17 are ciders, uh, and then we have some non-alcoholic in, in, uh, in, in addition to those. But, um, yeah, so out of the 21, uh, four of those are seltzers, and they're definitely you know taking 60% of our sales right now. And that takes um, – that's a lot faster to ferment, I would assume, as well. It or is, yeah. Yeah, nice. Uh, so I always hear, like, the term pectin with ciders, and is that something that – is an all ciders or is that? It's an all fruit. Yep. Yeah. So we actually, we use an enzyme to break down the pectin because yep. a lot of our stuff, uh, we use a cross flow filter, um, which, you know, filters out a lot of the organics. It can even filter out bacteria and yeast. It's so small, like down 0.45 microns. Um, and so in order for us to be able to filter that, we need to remove or break down the pectins with enzymes. Pectins uh, are what make jelly, right? That's, yeah. what, that's what makes a jelly yeah. by adding the pectin or having the pectins in the fruit make, give it that kind of gummy or um, you know, jelly-like consistency. And that doesn't agree with the filters, and it's also not as enjoyable yeah. in, the, in, the, in a filtered product, obviously. So uh, we, we use those enzymes to break that pectin down. Cool. So now, going along with that, what is the process of making hard cider? Yeah, so I'll be honest, the yeast does all the work. Uh, And so as long as you take care of the yeast, uh, you're going to have a good product. And and sanitation is key. So we uh, we work with local orchards uh, here in Vermont and as well as New York. 
Uh, we get 6,000 gallons delivered each wow. week, and it comes in, um, and we just essentially create and inoculate, um, you know, with a champagne white wine style yeast, yep. Yep. Um, and we add it to the juice um, at a specific temperature and, and let the yeast do the work. And so there is some nutrient uh, additions based on, um, you know, the the like nitrogen makeup of the juice. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we monitor that, but there's no brewing, there's no cooking. And so, yeah. you know, juice comes in, we, we pitch the yeast and, and, and babysit it for a few weeks and there you go. Nice. So when you, you know, add peach or other, uh, I don't want to say adjuncts, but you add other flavors, uh, it's always an apple base though. It's never, you're not making cider out of peach juice or yeah. i mean you can't make cider out of peach juice so there's a, a definition that cider is uh, from all from apples or from uh pears, pears which is yeah. peri yeah. um and so technically any other fruit is a wine so uh okay. cider is a subcategory of wine so mm -hmm. we're technically wine makers and so if we were to do mostly peach it would be peach wine okay and you could still sell that here obviously and we could right. still sell your that. license yeah. allows you yeah it's two different licenses the beer license and yep. it's like the wine exactly license. yep yeah very Did you cool. need to get a beer license to have the beer taps or no? Uh, no, no. So under our class four manufacturer here in the state of Vermont, we're, we're able to carry up to five different uh, manufacturers. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So we, we rotate through. I nice. think right now we've got Lawson, Sip of Sunshine, and Super Session on. We always yep. typically have our neighbor, neighbor's idle time. Yep. Yep. Um, trap, you know, Very trying cool. to support local and, and yeah. keep the rotation going. For sure. Of course. Uh, so your your brewery is family friendly. I mean, I'm drinking non-alcoholic uh, cider right now, and that's delicious. It's delicious. Yeah, yeah. So that that's actually uh, a product of my children being off the wall. So <laughs> what you're drinking there is apple cider, uh, sweet apple cider, but it's cut 50 percent with water. Yeah, uh, and then carbonated. It's so it's yeah. like an apple seltzer. Yeah. Um, but you know your typical glass of you know, say eight, I think it's about eight ounces, has about 30 grams of sugar in it. Yeah. Mm. And again, who needs all the sugar? Wow. My kids definitely don't. They <laughs> proved that at an early age. Um, and so I started cutting theirs with water and people and more families would come in and say, oh, that's great. And so, you know, we now we just cut all of our yeah. apple cider with, with water. This is incredible. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you wouldn't know. Like, taste it. You're like, you yeah. don't notice that. Right. It's great. Nobody needs that much sugar. No. no. God, no. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the tap room. You guys have done a pretty significant expansion recently. Uh, yeah, yeah, we uh, we did our first expansion back in March of last year in between uh, December and March. I mean, beforehand, we were rolling out a, a bar on wheels. We only had four taps coming out of our uh, walk-in cooler that was pushed up against our, our packaging floor, and so that was pretty exciting. So a little over a year ago, that was the case. Um, then we added about, I think, 30 seats in our tap room, and then as of... Um, as of December, we added about 4,000 square feet onto our wow. ex expanded tap room as well as event space. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, so talk about the event space. You just gave us a little quick tour. You have like a music venue kind of now. And yeah, you know, <laughs> kind of just making all the dreams come true yeah. here. You know, we're, we're a very music-oriented company, as you can see from some of the names of our ciders. Yep. Um, you know, we've got Sonos, uh, you know, surround sound throughout the building. Um, everybody can kind of mix and match their own playlists and, and um, you know, have – you know, different vibes going from room to room. And so with that, we built out a stage. We have our friends uh, Haley Jane and Annie in the Water playing on President's uh, Weekend on Saturday the 15th. And um, that's also where all the barrel aging is going to be done. Cool. Uh, this, awesome. I think we've already got eight or nine uh, weddings and rehearsal dinners just from word of mouth just in the last that's, couple of weeks. That's awesome, that's awesome man. Yeah. That's so cool. Nice. Uh, we, all, we try to ask this to most people that we interview, but is there music that you prefer to listen to when you're, well, not brewing, but when you're babysitting the yeast? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so uh, we are definitely more on the jam band side here. Um, and so fish is definitely popular uh, amongst the group. Uh, well, at least amongst the yeast. Uh, <laughs> and so it's it's whatever the yeast wants. Uh, so typically you'll find jam bands, whether that's Mo, you know, Fish, Humphreys McGee. Um, you get some dope pot or perpetual groove in there. Um, so we, we kind of change it up, but you can see from, I think I've got maybe 75 or 80 concert posters on the wall. If you wander around yeah. here, you can yeah. see some of the shows that, that I've been to over the years. Yeah. Uh, music and, and, and beer and cider, it seems like there's always like our harmonious connection between the two. Uh, but do you draw inspiration from music for your cider or is it food based or you're just, hey, I just thought of this while on a run or... <laughs> running. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, I'm just trying to think. No, I know. Um, so it, it definitely goes hand in hand. So we just released a, uh, a cider called Temporary Reprieve from Gravity. Yep. Um, and we were in the process of uh, making a, a high octane or a high ABV um, cider. It's uh, technically an apple wine, if you ask the TTB. But, like an apple jack uh, kind of thing? Yeah, uh, you can't technically yeah. make apple jack. But yeah, I, mean, so yeah, I know, I know. But yeah, yeah. So, so we made a strong apple wine. Uh, we've co-fermented it on uh, grape skins from a local vineyard. So they had already mm. made their red wine. Nice. And then we um, infused it with blood orange and guava, and it turned out to be 10%. Um, and as we were, you know, making that, uh, there was a song, uh, Drift While You're Asleep uh, by Fish. And so, um, and one of the lyrics is temporary reprieve from gravity. And, and I feel like if you had a couple of those, you definitely would be have a reprieve from <laughs> gravity, gravity for a little yeah. while there. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> but any food-based, you know, do you... Draw inspiration from food, or is it music? You know? uh, music and cocktails, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So if you oh, see, co- you know, yeah, one of sense. our one of the first ciders we made that was non-apple was uh, a strawberry field. So you get kind of two for one there. It yep. was obviously a little Beatles play, but also um, it's strawberry, mint, and uh, lime. So kind of a little play on a mojito. So yeah. you'd, you'd kind of get sounds delicious. <laughs> um, your flagship is the high and dry. High and dry. Yep. Now, do you have what's probably your second second bestseller? Uh, the second best seller would be, you know, the tips up and, um, you know, third uh, would be the safety meeting. Those three we make mm-hmm. all year. Uh, but everybody's always waiting for the shandy. So that would yep. be, you know, <laughs> a cider and lemonade. Yeah. You can't go wrong. It's yeah. five, five and a half percent. Just yep. absolutely crushable. Does that changed over the years, your top sellers? Um, no, I mean, I, I would say the only thing that's changed is now we've got a, what we call our hit single series, mm-hmm. uh, which is kind of dominating, uh, sales, you know, anytime we drop 80 or 160 cases in the market, they're just, they're gone. Yeah. Um, and we're, you know, keeping them, you know, limited and splashing them around new England, but, um, cool. those are definitely when those hit the shelf, the people gravitate towards those. Nice. Yeah. nice. Now are, are those, you, when you say one off, you also, you barrel age those as well? We do some barrel aging. Yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, very cool. Yeah, very so we we use a, a lot of local barrels, you know, Smuggler's Notch Distillery for bourbon mm-hmm. and rum barrels. Uh, we have Caledonia Spirits, who's known for their Tomcat, uh, which is part of the Bar Hill. Um, it's a barrel-aged uh, gin, and so we've got that. I'm actually drinking that right now. Yeah, it's nice. Um, when you opened up, you said which, what year? Was 2013. That? 2013. What was something that you wish you knew going into it that you – have learned in the seven years plus that you've been open now? Um, so, well, to be perfectly honest, I mean, we love the community here. Um, you know, we we came up with the name. Uh, we've got Stowe Cider is the name. Yeah. And so by default, we have to be in Stowe. <laughs> and yeah. it's not the most affordable place to do manufacturing. So we were fortunate enough to find a space big enough, but, you know, we pay a premium, uh, which would normally be a retail space. And, yeah. and we do that um, just because, A, we love the town and the community, but, B, the the 
experience that you get when you walk into the tap room and you're, you know, about 20 feet away from canning line, you know, yeah. 30 feet away from, you know, 6,000 gallon fermenters, a yeah. pretty neat experience. So, um, you know, in hindsight, if we had been, uh, the Vermont cider company, I think that already exists, but we could have, <laughs> we could have maybe found a more affordable place yeah. to, to set up shop, but, um, no regrets. Yeah. Cool. No, that's awesome. Um, I was checking your website. You do a good neighbor project. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a project my wife and I started, um, and she's definitely through and through a good neighbor, and um, she supports that uh, effort um, kind of from top to bottom. And so we started off as a scholarship program. Uh, she's in you know continuing education and helping students get into you know, college, helping them awesome. with essays and scholarships and things. And so what we did is we collect local apples. Um, so if you have an apple tree, you're not going to use them. Go ahead and bring those apples in, and we'll go ahead and crush them and, and uh, press them and ferment them. And all the proceeds from that go to our Good Neighbor Fund, which is uh, last year we did $4,500 in uh, wow. local scholarships to high school awesome. students. That's really cool. So yeah. you make, like, a Good Neighbor cider every year. Exactly. We yeah. call it the scholarship cider, and it's yeah. uh, all wild apples and pears. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, I first tried your cider, seeing it randomly in one of the, you know, liquor stores in, in Massachusetts, which my girlfriend doesn't drink beer, so it was a quick alternative. <laughs> um, and I was shocked that it actually, my experiences with cider is I drink it, I get a stomach ache, I get a headache, well, and then I want to go to bed. And yeah. Um, is it just because it's not sweet, or is it something just using the best products that you can get? I think it's a combination. You know, I've never done any real research about what the difference is between using fresh fruit and concentrates and things of that nature and, you know, whether the concentrates are local or, or, or not. I mean, we don't have any uh, real experience with that, but, um, you know, I think the fresh fruit makes a difference. I think the type of yeast makes a difference for sure uh, and the fact that we filter it. So I know that, you know, some people can uh, have some negative side effects from, you know, things uh, – beverages that have organics or yeast, mm -hmm. you know, um, left in them, uh, as well as the sugar. So I think the organics and the sugar probably make a huge difference. So by us doing, you know, a, a much deeper filtration than some, and then also uh, fermenting all the sugar out makes a big, big difference. Nice. For sure. Yeah. What's uh, next for you guys? Otherwise, like, you have this beautiful new space here that you're working on but like what's down the road what are your goals yeah so i think the goals are you know we're going to continue to you know roll out the seltzers you know in in my mind i would i would love to kind of go the direction we have with our ciders and can experiment with flavors yeah so i think that's uh you know one of the goals for 2020 is to to get a captive audience with the four kind of core cider uh, seltzers that we have and then build off of that we're going to have a band uh, stage down in the sculpture garden back here which we're pretty excited nice. about uh, we'll be adding a kitchen to do some light fare as well. Um, and, you know, beyond that, we're we're just going to continue to try to uh, build out the good neighbor and just try to build out our, our customer uh, experience here. Yeah. That's awesome. What is something that you want to improve on as a cider maker and a business owner? So... I wouldn't necessarily. That's a good. That's a great question. Uh, the the list is is super long. We're always just trying to to improve and get better. Um, you know, our goal. Um, you know, we're we're seven years into it. Our goal. You know, the next year is to um, to make sure that we've got full benefits for our, all of our employees. Right now, we do ski passes. You know, three weeks paid time off, et cetera, et cetera. Um, health and wellness pass, but um, health insurance is, is super expensive, especially for business owners. And so that would I would say the yeah. biggest uh, goal for us would be to to offer that benefit. Yeah. And so that's huge. That and how many employees do you have again right now? We, we have fourteen employees. Fourteen. Yep. And so we had eight employees last year and four the year before nice. that. That's cool. cool. That's right. a humbling feeling to yeah. give people a a career and you know 
money on the table. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, I want to get to know you a little bit more. Um, what's in your fridge at home? Beer, cider. I don't discriminate. Uh, so you'll find you'll you'll find a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, the the best thing about this community is you know, and, I'm, and the industry as a whole is you know the ability to trade, to meet new people, to connect through fermentation. Um, you know, so I'll have everything from you know kombucha and kimchi to um, you know to spirits, you know, yeah. wine, wine and beer. Uh, if you went in uh, to my fridge right now, um, it's definitely packed with. Um, a lot of older ciders, you know, I, I collect and, and my wife, I, I actually had to buy another fridge for my garage. <laughs> yes. uh, she, you know, yes. these are two years old. What are you going to, when are you ever going <laughs> to drink those? And uh, we crack them every once in a while. I, you know, I claim it to be quality control, but um, you know, I definitely have, uh, there's definitely some hot dogs in there, some white snaps. Yeah. Nice. Uh, do you have a guilty pleasure beer? Or a cider, a cider? or drink <laughs> um you know i would say and no offense to my friends over at burlington beer company but they're definitely my guilty pleasure um you know because it is you know it's packing a punch for sure both yeah. flavor wise and uh around my midsection for sure <laughs> yeah. when, when, when i go too far down that that rabbit yeah. hole yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so delicious though i'd like to just know a little bit more about the hot like the cider making house um <laughs> like what are you running how many like barrels or is that you might or, uh, you measure cider in barrels as well you know it's, we're confused in the cider industry so, <laughs> <laughs> so we use sg and bricks uh, sometimes some play-doh and then we use gallons liters cool. and barrels um and Great. so yeah it's it's really easy you've got a chart and uh um, you know, somebody who's translating all the time, but yeah. no, in, in all, in all reality, we do, we do most and uh, pay taxes by the gallon. Okay. Yeah. And so, um, you know, we are nearing about 200,000 per year to gallons per okay. year, uh, which is maybe 6,000 plus about, barrels yeah. or so. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's a good amount. Yeah. When yeah. you get, um, I mean, in one shit, when you get cider delivered to you, yeah, that's non-fermented. What is the yield? How much liquid do you lose? How much do we lose? Yeah, so we lose uh, roughly about 5%, um, you know, just through the fermentation process alone. Um, and then with the filtration, if we filter, which, you know, our core uh, brands we do, uh, we're going to lose about another 3% okay. through filtration. And then, you know, with packaging, maybe another 3%. So, I mean, we lose it's, about 11% wow. from start to finish. Yeah, it's still a really good efficiency, though. You know, when you really break it down, you know, that's a lot of different processes. Um, yeah, and a lot of the stuff we're losing, you know, through the fermentation and filtration and stuff, we don't necessarily want in there anyway. We call it a loss or a win. I, you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. yeah. <laughs> now, how many uh, batches do you guys do a week? Um in like the fermentation process yeah so the fermentation process so you know we bring it in and and our core brands or what we call our headliners uh, are made from the same fermentation base um and so we're able to create the same you know like probably like the same malt base if you're yeah. you know familiar with beer as mm -hmm. i assume most of the listeners and you guys are <laughs> um and so we do that same thing with our cider so okay. you know we're able to make a few different brands off of using the same varietal okay. blend of apples okay um and so then we bring it in at six thousand gallons um, to do those. And if we're going to do any kind of one-offs or hit singles with different blends, we'll bring those down to about 2,800 gallons um, and bring in a smaller tanker. Yeah. And you just plan like one day a month or a couple days a month or to 
make the cider or are you making cider every week? Yeah, so we're making cider all the time. You know, we okay. always want to have full tanks. You know, it doesn't go bad as long as you take care of it. And so, yeah. I mean, we could have a batch of cider in a tank for a year and it would be perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we're constantly, if there's a tank open, we bring more juice in. Um, distribution. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> what, what's your distribution right, uh, right now? Because, I mean, I see you guys in all the restaurants up here. We see you. Um, yeah, across New places. England. Um, cool. Yeah, so so we are throughout New England. Uh, we just nice. launched New Hampshire last year uh, in, in uh, Rhode Island. It's a tough market to crack, I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's always uh, the last, you know, that's unfortunately, um, you know, it's, I guess, good on taxes if you live there. But, you know, the, the barrier to entry when it uh, comes from out-of-state producers is a bit higher. You need to make sure you're going to do the volume to pay for all the... Uh, the hoops you got to jump through with the state. And so we got to that point and, and it's definitely paid off. You know, we, we love New Hampshire, uh, our neighbors. Um, you know, we love all New England, but they've been, uh, you know, very good and receptive and, and very patient waiting for our product. Uh, we did uh, launch Rhode Island recently as well. Cool. We sell a little bit in New York and New Jersey, but, um, you know, I'm from central New York originally, so I like to to show a little love, um, especially Ray Brothers Barbecue. If you've never checked it out, Route 20. That's, I do uh, those, know that. Yeah, those, yeah. Are, my, those are my cousins, right. and uh, right. they're, they're doing good things. We're so. by. Yeah. I guess my only other thought, and forgive me if we've already kind of covered this, but do you use different varieties of yeast at all, or is it always just champagne yeast and like a white, white wine, wine yeast? Yeah. Yeah, so we experimented with others. Oh yeah, yeah. So a lot of our small batch stuff, we'll experiment with different yeasts. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it just stays within the tap room. You know, we, we attribute a lot of the flavor profile um, and the drinkability to the yeast that we right. use. Yeah. So we try we try not to to deviate too far, especially with the larger batches. Yeah. You know, I've had a lot of you know Belgian yeasts, uh, like made with cider. Nottingham is big. Yep, yeah. exactly. And and. Um, you know, there's a lot of wit style or Belgian style yeast, I think, that are used. Um, and it just doesn't get the flavor profile. Okay. So, I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. We, right, try, we yeah. try to stick with that. For sure. Um, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot crisper for us. Cool. It's really good. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks, guys. No problem. <laughs> All right. So, more importantly, if people want to visit Stowe Cider, where can they visit you physically? Well, physically, they can fit in 17 <laughs> Town Farm Lane in, in Stowe. We're right off Mountain Road. We're next to the old Rusty Nail, which is now Trace Amigos. Um, you know, we're halfway from downtown up to the mountain. Um, right now, we're open five days a week. We take Tuesdays and Wednesdays to regroup and yeah. uh, build out uh, stronger production days. But Thursday nice. through Monday, we're here. We've got ping pong. We've got darts, <laughs> live music every Saturday. We've got Cider Saturdays going on. Uh, we, we feature different local artists, and we always have beneficiaries for uh, a portion of proceeds for any art sales and then um, any donations made towards musicians. 100% of that goes towards uh, local beneficiaries. That's awesome. That's really cool. That is. That's really That's cool. That's really cool. Like are are you yeah. a, a musician? I mean, or are you just a big fan of music? I failed at playing it, so I listened to it. And just yeah. uh, usually people who are that giving that, with that, yeah. yeah, they're usually musicians. Who are right? Like, yeah, I got f screwed over a couple times. So <laughs> now that's really cool that you just are know enough awesome. to do that yeah. right yeah. away. Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, and social media. Uh, at Stowe Cider. Yeah, yeah. Instagram, um, cool. Facebook, and and uh, yeah, I think that's it. Cool. cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and we always close every episode with this question. Yes. So, Erica? What are you most proud of? Uh, my two kids. Yeah, cool. I couldn't Ooh. be more proud than my two kids. Yeah, we get that a lot, I feel like. Especially today. Yeah, we especially today. That today. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. awesome. <laughs> it's just Vermont. They like their kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to do the work around here. Right. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Well, thank okay. you, Mark, for taking some time out to do this tonight. Yeah, well, really thanks for coming to visit it. us. No uh, problem. Enjoy the cider. and Thank you. No problem. Cheers. 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 Cheers.
All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode with our great friends, Stowe Cider up in Stowe, Vermont. We had an awesome trip up there, and we can't wait to go back to that area and get all the other awesome breweries up there. But uh, don't worry, we have another one coming on deck for you next week from our South Shore friends, and that's South Shore, Massachusetts. Barrelhouse Z was great. It was Let's great. be real. We you're learned gonna, a lot. You're going to love this episode. Great. It was very different because we got to talk a lot about the distribution. distribution. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And um, until next week, uh, enjoy all the awesome beer out there. And if you have a chance to try one of the Pink Boots blends early, do that. Do it. Some of them are out, so definitely yes. check it out. Absolutely. And... Of course, follow us, subscribe, rate. We're all over the socials. Facebook, Instagram. We're even on Twitter. Yeah. And I guess my last word of parting advice is, please, wash your hands. And if you're sick, stay home from work. Because I don't want to get coronavirus. Please. Please. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.